Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report Stock Market Week in Review. I'm the founder of the Armor Report, Brett Rosenthal. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. It's a process for managing capital. And I designed the Armor Report for individuals just like yourself managing your own capital. But you value information and you want to learn how to get that information. That's what this show is all about. So what I'm going to do is take 35 plus years of experience managing my own capital and developing a process that I call the Armor Investing Way. And I'm going to share it with you. It's a three-stage process. We build our whiteboard, which is fundamental research. We combine that with proprietary algorithms to execute. When do we add risk? When do we take risk off? We marry all that with a stop-loss discipline. It's that process that over time puts us on the right side of probability and statistics over and over again, only when reward is worth the risk. We're going to talk about that today because that reward-risk equation is changing. Okay, so what I'm going to do um, is we're going to address um, a number of issues today. I want to start by going over what's happening at Robinhood and how it may affect the rest of the market. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So I'm going to give it to you um, in, in very simple terms what's going on at Robinhood. This is not um, hard to understand, although people on CNBC will do all they can to make it confusing. This is not a conspiracy. It's not class warfare. It's not any of the ridiculous things you're reading on Twitter. Okay, It's simple. I'm going to share it step by step what's happening and then what the ramifications are for the stock market in general, okay? So we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to look at the market. I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that we need to build the ark before the flood, okay? Well, it started raining real hard last week. And the fact that we've already started building our ark allowed us to add some alpha last week. I'm going to share with you what we've been doing and then what the plan is for next week. Okay, we're going to touch on the cannabis couch because, you know, there's a key component of all of this Robin Hood action that can spill over and affect the cannabis uh, uh, positions that we love. So I'm going to talk about that and then we'll get to Q&A. So let's dive in. Please remember a couple things. Number one, I don't know you. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. I'm not even telling you how to run your money. Okay, I couldn't do that. I don't know your risk tolerance, but what I can do is share a process that works for me. Share a process I built over 35 years of doing this. I've boiled it down into a specific three-stage attack. And over time, if you keep putting yourself on the right side of probabilities, net worth can grow and you can protect capital. That's the process here. So um, if you enjoy this conversation, thumbs up always helps. And uh, don't forget you can subscribe to both this channel on YouTube or the Armor Report, if you think becoming an Armor Insider is right for you, 
You can find that down here as well. It's armrreport.com. Now let's dive in. Um, I've heard a lot of, I'm going to just address the, the, the Robin Hood issue first. And so we're going to talk about, you know, how this affects um, GameStop and AMC and, and all these other stocks you don't even realize that it's affecting. There's a whole bunch of stocks that are behaving in a bizarre manner because of what's going on. It's a ripple effect. But let's just talk about real quick what's going on. I've heard people say it's unfair, it's illegal, um, there should be lawsuits, all this ridiculousness. Um, the, the little guy is being squashed uh, by the big guy. It's not, you know, the, the big guy is allowed to manipulate, but the little guy isn't. So let's just put all this to bed, okay? First of all, nobody's allowed to manipulate stocks. They try to, then they get caught, then they get shut down. That's been going on since the Buttonwood Tree, okay? The SEC was created to stop people from manipulating stocks. That's one of the major reasons. It was created to share information across the board so that everybody has the same information and they can make investment decisions, okay? Without a doubt, the shares of AMC or GameStop are at ridiculous levels. I think we can all agree on that. They're not worth what they're trading. They've been manipulated to get to a ridiculously high level. Okay? So to hide behind the idea that big guys can do it, why can't little guys? That argument doesn't hold water. There are regulators to stop massive manipulation of equities. Period. Everybody's on the same playing field there. Can the big guys get away with it because they hide it? Okay, sure. But at the end of the day, okay, you can't just manipulate stocks because then it becomes just a massive casino. Don't forget the stock market's designed to allow quality companies to raise capital to build their business. And we as shareholders invest in those companies that we think have the potential to have growth. That's why we're there. There could be a short squeeze here or there, but if we're all just in it to manipulate an asset, the whole system breaks down. Okay? So let's walk through, first of all, I want to share with you a couple of screenshots. Just bear with me here. If I'm a little acerbic, I, I apologize. It's just I hear things on CNBC, and I want to just rip the TV out of the wall and throw it out the window. Kevin O'Leary, you know, saying these ridiculous things to incite anger instead of just telling it like it is and being honest. And let me just say this, and maybe you can write this down because it's really helped me out my whole life. My dad told me when I was young, and I mean young, when I can first start understanding these theories, okay, that you believe nothing of what you hear slash read. And only half of what you see. Believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. My dad taught me that early. Now you could say my dad's a massive cynic. I would say not true. My dad is a research analyst. And what you want to do is corroborate what you're hearing and seeing multiple times to come up with your own opinion of what's going on. And the reason for that is 
You don't know what axe somebody has to grind. They come on CNBC and they're pounding some table, getting you all riled up for their own ends. Not to help you out, not to give you good information, but for their own purposes. Don't fall into that trap. Believe nothing what you hear, only half of what you see, and verify. Okay? So first of all, I want to just share this with you. Um, I want to share this screenshot with you. Okay? There's um, this, this misconception. There's this misconception, okay, that Robin Hood did something wrong or illegal or unfair. And what I submit to all of you who are on Robinhood, it's time for you to read your client agreement. Okay? I don't mean to be rude here, but before we all start crying foul and, and saying there's a conspiracy, just read your client agreement. You can Google it and find it online. That's what I did right here. Client agreement. Number 16, restrictions on trading. I understand that Robinhood may in its discretion, prohibit or restrict the trading of securities, period. You signed that client agreement when you started using Robinhood. Don't get angry at them now for executing rule number 16. Hey, and P.S., that rule is in every client agreement on the street. Okay, so it's no conspiracy. It's right there in black and white. If something's going, for any reason, they can stop trading in your account, period. That's step one. Now, why has this happened? Let's go over that. Wall Street bets on Reddit, million or so, three million or so subscribers, came up with an idea to squeeze shorts. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to throw a hat in the ring. I'm going to throw down a gauntlet or whatever other hackneyed phrase I can come up with. Okay. When this is all, the onion is peeled and it's all over and they write books about it. Okay. There are people, and I don't know this for fact. I'm just throwing this out there as a guess. There are, there are people who started Wall Street bets who had taken big positions in GME and AMC and what have you, and then started to promote the idea of squeezing the shorts, okay? And got a whole bunch of people to do it. And they've made fortunes, okay? They're not doing this altruistically just to help you, okay? They took their positions and then talked about it on Reddit to get a bunch of people to drive their position up dramatically, okay? Everybody's got an ax to grind. I started the armor report. You would say, well, what's your ax to grind? I'm just trying to share the information that I've witnessed over 35 years of doing this. I've been through these types of, of situations multiple times. Do, do, do I think it would be great if you decided to subscribe to my website? Okay, sure. That's my ax to grind. I want to share with you a process that's made me money and protected my capital over a long period of time. I'd like to share it with you. Become a subscriber. 
There's my axe. Other than that, I don't have an axe to grind when it comes to Robin Hood. I'm just telling you exactly what it is. Okay? So that's first of all. Second of all, did you read the story this weekend? A couple of incredibly wealthy people made billions of dollars off of the GME squeeze. Not Robin Hood people. I'm talking the guy who started Chewy, right? Who made like a billion dollars off of this squeeze. BlackRock and other institutions that own a lot of shares of GME have made billions. I think it's $16 billion that are made in the hands of nine entities and individuals that are not Robin Hood people. So this is not about just helping out Robin Hood people. Like you, it's created a $16 billion explosion for incredibly wealthy people. So I'm just saying when I'm, I'm praying that none of you are running out there and buying GME and AMC now. Because that is without a doubt at this stage. You're, you're, you're at the point of a Ponzi scheme. You're the guy bidding it up so people who bought it early are making a lot of money. Okay? Please don't do that. Don't be that sucker. You want to get in early? Okay, you got in early. And there was a manipulation, and it created a boom. Now it's caused a problem at Robin Hood. It's not a surprise there's a problem. Um, Robin Hood would start as a clearinghouse. I'm going to try to boil this down, make it simple if I can. It's not going to be easy. It's a clearinghouse, okay? When a trade is made, there's a buyer and a seller, and it takes two days to clear that trade. And during that two days, the clearinghouse is on the hook to make sure that the trade goes right. This is the best. I'm going to just boil it down. We're not going to go through all the minutiae. That's the bottom line. Now, if you want to blame somebody for what's happening to Robin Hood, okay, let's blame the right people. As usual, politicians write regulations that do not expand with markets as they change. So after 2008, inside the Dodd-Frank Act, our regulations to force clearinghouses to carry a certain amount of cash reserves in order to clear these trades. I understand why they did it. Part of the problem of 2008 is that nobody, there was a massive liquidity crunch. Nobody had the cash, the reserves to clear stuff and everything seized up and it was a nightmare. Okay. So what happened at Robinhood is that they're just following rules. And when there was a crush of new people joining Robinhood all at once, buying the same two assets, it put them in violation of rules that every clearinghouse has to follow. You want to say those rules favor big institutions? I don't care. Let's don't get into that minutia. I don't, what difference does it make? Those are the rules. Of course they favor big institutions. I mean, I mean come on. It is what it is. And let me tell you, it's a golden goose. We've been making a lot of money in the stock market. And big institutions are there to support it. I don't want to break that down. It's been great. But 
clearly the regulations that were created after 2008 have caused a crunch at Robinhood. Because when massive amounts of people signed up for Robinhood and all bought the same assets, it put them in violation. They had to draw down their credit. Their creditors are J.P. Morgan and 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 um, and uh, um, Goldman Sachs. And what we read this weekend is that they've raised a billion dollars. Look, I'm going to share this with you now. Okay, a billion dollars has been raised. They've obtained a billion dollars of rescue capital. One day after the company, Robinhood, drew down bank lines of credit and got a billion dollars of rescue capital. And now this is the part that you have to pay attention to, okay? Because this is what's going to affect us next week going forward. Even though they've drawn down on their credit line and accessed a billion dollars of capital, they still are restricting a whole bunch of stocks. You can't buy fractional shares. Okay, there's something seriously wrong with Robinhood. They, they started out with good intentions, and it's morphed into something. There's always a ripple effect. It started out with good intentions to grow at a certain rate. When the Wall Street... Or, um, Bets board drove people to Robinhood faster than they can handle. They don't have the capital to support it, and it's imploding on itself. And so you see a list here of all the stocks you cannot trade now at Robinhood. It's a kind of a crazy list. You can only buy one share AAL, one share ACB, one share AG, AMC, AMD. One share you can buy. All kinds of crazy stocks are on here that um, a GM, you can only buy one share of GM. Like, why is that? These aren't just aggressive short squeeze stocks. There's something Nokia, you can only buy five shares. How about Sundial? You can buy five shares, 10 options. Workhorse, you can only buy one share. How about ExxonMobil? I mean, yeah, Exxon or X, no, it's XM. But my point is, there's a very bizarre list that came out this weekend of stocks you can't buy more than one share of at Robinhood. There's clearly a problem at the clearinghouse. And so how does it affect us going forward? We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm going to look at charts with you. We're going to discuss what the armor algos are showing us and how we want to react to the market next week. But I want to wrap up the thought like this. It's not a conspiracy. It's growth faster than Robinhood could handle. It's credit that they don't have to handle the growth. It's manipulation of assets that regulators are not going to allow. I don't want to hear another person tell me they allow big institutions to do it. First of all, it's not true. Big institutions are constantly getting fined, constantly getting controlled, even if they, and you could say to me, well, they pay those fines and they make billions. Okay. But my point is it is illegal. Okay. And so they're constantly, regulators are constantly <laughs> trying to rein everybody in. So to think that it's okay to do it over here because these guys do it, it's not okay anywhere. It's ruining the fabric of the market. What's my ax to grind here? Why am I so upset about it? 
Okay? Because we're making a lot of money in this market. It's great. And I don't want greed to fuck it up. Excuse me for that. Okay? Excuse me. I'm getting a little out of, you know, out of control here because it really disturbs me. Okay? You don't want greed to drive your decision-making process. So this is what's going on at Robinhood. Regulators will step in. They will shut it down. And what you don't want is to be the guy holding the tulip at the end of the tulip craze when nobody wants tulips. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's time for you guys to buy this book. Full disclosure, I don't get paid for this. I'm just telling you to buy the book. Go to Amazon, Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. Okay, it's a, it's a fantastic read. And inside here, inside here, inside that book, it goes over the tulip craze of the 1600s in the Netherlands, okay? At the height of the tulip, and they were just tulips that you put in the ground and it grows and it's beautiful. And for some reason, that society started to pay more and more and more for tulip bulbs, okay? To the point where at the very top of the market, one tulip bulb would buy an entire house, okay? And they were trading these tulip bulbs in the marketplace until one day, for no apparent reason, because this is herd mentality and it's the you know, madness of crowds, there was just no bids. It was over, and there was no way to predict what that last day was and no way to really understand why that day happened. It just happened. The madness of the crowd ended. And the poor soul who was the last guy to buy that tulip bulb for a ridiculous price found out it was worthless. Now, at least back then, he could boil those tulip bulbs up and like make it into a soup. Okay? But owning shares of AMC and GameStop, if you buy them up here, you know, I don't know. I guess you could take the shares, throw them in a fire, maybe warm yourself up on a cold night. Okay? So what we're getting is an obscene move. It's a short squeeze. Please review other short squeezes. One of them is like Telray from last year. I wonder if we can pull up that chart and I can share it with you. We can go back and look at that from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, great. Let's look at this. Let's look at this together. Okay. I'm going to look at it in a second, but let me just say, when a short squeeze ends, there's nobody buying it up here who actually thinks that they should invest in the stock. It's just shorts they're forced to, to cover. How do you know when the short squeeze is over? How do you know when it's over? It just happens like that. The shorts are filled. It's covered. Bang. The stock goes down. And it will never go back up. Don't trust what I'm saying. Don't believe what I'm saying. Take a look at the picture. Okay? This is Telray. Anybody remember this? Stock was 30. It ran up to 300 in a short squeeze. Tell Ray, right? It was just getting squeezed. I mean, short squeezes, there's nothing new to a short squeeze. They've happened before, right? And when it's over, it just does this. 
bang, and it just never recovers. And of course, the stock went all the way down to three, you know, or for 30 cents or whatever. Okay. And what you don't want to be is the guy who's caught up here owning the asset. Okay. Please don't be that guy. Please don't be greedy. Who's greed am I talking about? Anybody who continues to push up the price and buys it today thinking it's going to go higher. It may go higher, but when the rug gets pulled out from under, there won't be any bids. And I want to save you that pain. So the madness of crowds, something I think you should watch, something I think you should read. Might help you understand the situation, what's going on. There's nothing new here. No one's reinventing or, or inventing something new. They're just reinventing the wheel. Madness of crowds has been going on since, there's, you know, since the dawn of time. And we're in the midst of it right now. Now, it has ripple effects. So let's get to what the ripple effects are in the stock market. A um, couple of thoughts. Professional money managers begin to head for the exits when this type of action happens. I'm going to share with you an anecdotal story. Now we're getting late here in this conversation. So let me just do this and we'll get to some charts. But I want to share this with you. In the year 2000, after the millennium changed, midst of a massive bull market in um, uh, internet stocks, stocks that had no you know, earnings, no revenue, no hope for making any money. We're getting bid to the moon, just like we're in the market we're in right now. I had a portfolio. I remember at the time I had a personal portfolio. I had 10 stocks, 10% in each stock. I was making a killing January, February, March. Early March, there was a nasty sell-off, and the whole thing recovered real quick. Went higher. Okay? And then there was a day when literally... Every stock in my portfolio, those 10 stocks, which were, they were like disruptive growth stocks. Because that's what I've always enjoyed investing in. They all dropped 10% or more in about an hour. I mean, literally. Now, I had stop losses in, so I got banged out of everything. And I remember turning around talking to my dad and saying, what just happened? I got stopped out of every position in my portfolio in an hour. And they all got wrecked. I mean, my stop losses then were like 7 to 10%. So, I, you know, I was just getting that, – that, my account got blown up that day. I mean, I had a huge year still because I had a big run, and I just gave a bunch off the top. But what really disturbed me that day is that these stocks that were trading like water for, you know, January, February, March, on that day, there were no bids. I mean, literally, I was trying to sell the stock, and I didn't have a lot at the time. I don't know, my portfolio wasn't that big. I was new in the business. I, I couldn't sell the stocks. I mean, literally, the bids were just gone. It was just dropping like, like – literally, I was 100 shares here, and this is back in 2000. Now, you could say to me, Brett, don't worry about that. After 2008, the Fed comes in and supports everything. Hey, man – you're right. Over a longer term period, you're right. But that didn't stop the market from dropping like 40% in a month and a half last year. Okay. So the Fed can, can, has been able to arrest, you know, uh, devastation, but they can't, and nor do they want to stop every little correction. Believe me, the Fed knows that there's excessive risk going on right now. And they don't mind if some risk gets wrung out. And so what we look for is what's the trigger to start ringing out that risk. 
And it could very well be what's going on at Robinhood. We still don't know the full story. It's going to keep coming out. Either they're going to bankrupt or be bought by somebody else. You know, something's going to happen there is my guess. That ripple effect drives out institutions. When the selling gets started, there's no bids. And so you have to build the arc before the flood. We've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. That's why we were able to add alpha last week because the armor report is focused on risk management first and capturing upside second. Okay. I'm not a snake oil salesman. I'm not out here pumping stocks. I'm not out here telling you, buy these three stocks. They'll go up huge next week. I'm saying to you, protect your capital first. You want to know the best way to increase your net worth in the next 12 months? Stop losing money. Then capture upside. That's what the Armour Report's about. So we build our arc. We had a huge year last year, made a lot of money. When the window's open, you make a lot of money. When the window's closing, and when reward and risk is no longer optimal, you start building your arc. So you don't give all your hard-earned assets away. Okay, so let's look at some charts real quick. And, and you know, I'm just going to wrap up on this thought before I, before I get to charts. Um, I don't know how this affects everything. I'm just going to sh- share this with you. Everybody's telling me that, you know, Bitcoin is the next great thing and it's going to go to a million and blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe it will. Maybe it will. India plans to introduce a law to ban Bitcoin and other private cryptocurrencies. Now, you could say India is crazy. India is stupid. India is setting back their population. Okay, but pay close attention to this. Because what it means to me is not necessarily, I don't know what Bitcoin's price is going to do next. Okay, I really don't. But governments, the powers that be, whomever, are, are, are going to regulate this asset in some way. I don't know what the response to this will be. Bitcoin might go up huge next week. I don't know. I know MicroStrategy is out there. You know, I think February 2nd and 3rd, the CEO of MicroStrategy is sitting down, I think, with 100 other CEOs. I think he said he's doing a forum with 100 other CEOs that have signed up. He's going to teach them how to use Bitcoin as part of their treasury so that companies, instead of holding cash, will hold some Bitcoin. I mean, so there could be a huge bid in Bitcoin. I don't know. But... That India piece of news is the first shot across the bow to me. To think that there's going to be a revolution overnight and governments are going to allow um, some other currency to take over, I think is delusional. And I mean no disrespect. And I'll be first one to tell you, I haven't made any money in Bitcoin. So I'm the idiot, right? I'm the idiot. I didn't make any money in Bitcoin. I didn't buy Bitcoin. It went up a lot. You know, I'm making money elsewhere. Okay, so... I'm the first to say I've missed the run. So you can say you're talking your book, Brett, because you didn't do it. I'm not talking my book. I'm happy you guys made money. I'm just saying be aware of the realities of the world and protect capital. You've worked too hard to make all the money you're making in the last 12 months. Protect capital. All right. Let's go look at um, the markets. So first of all, what I like to do is look at, you know, the big indexes. 
So the first thing I'm going to tell you is the Armour Index-only portfolio. We have three portfolios at the Armour Report. I'm going to rip through this real quick, get to your questions next, okay? The Armour portfolio, we have three portfolios. I take my own personal capital. I divide it into three buckets, okay? And I run my capital that way to, to diversify my risk, right? So most people say you can diversify by buying hundreds of stocks. That's a waste of time. Just buy an ETF. Where they say buy emerging markets because blah, blah, blah. That doesn't work. Okay, when everything goes down, it all goes down together. So what I do is styles of management, right? I have capital and indexed only ETFs driven by algorithms. So there's, there's very little, if any, human interaction, right? I have seven algorithms written for the top seven indexes. That portfolio raised some cash on Friday. So that's the first thing I want to tell you. We've been 100% invested since November. We've got 14.3% cash now because the Dow got removed from the portfolio. Okay? Um, it's not a call yet that we have to be 100% cash that, 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 you know, let's put it this way. February of last year, February 24th, all seven indexes hit their stop loss on the same day, on the 24th of February. We went to cash that day. By the end of the week, we were 100% cash in our other two portfolios, the swing and the invest portfolios. And we all know what happened is the market imploded after that. That has not happened yet. So for those of you who have tuned in to find out what's happening to the risk monitor, we've had one position knocked out. We're still 85 plus 85.7% invested in that index only portfolio. So Risk has been elevated, cash has been added, but we have to see what happens next week before we get, we get any more defensive, okay? The reason is, if you look at the S&P here, and we look at this Andrews fork, so the S&P came right down to the 50-day, okay? The, that's the last area. If the market takes out the 50-day, if it takes out the lows of yesterday, I can pretty much guarantee that we'll be 100% cash in the index-only portfolio. Okay, so the positions we still have in the portfolio are the S&P. We still have the IBD 50, which is relatively holding the 25-day moving average. But again, if it takes out the low of yesterday, next week we'll be out of this position. We generally sell this. Look, the 50-day sometimes is to stop, so I don't know. The algorithm is going to show us where to get out. Depends on where this thing opens and how it trades. Like if it opens down at the 50 on Monday and then rallies, we'll still be in it. Okay, so it really just depends. We have to watch the algorithms. It's a lot of lines of code. I can't predict exactly what it's going to do. Momentum index is holding up fairly well. It's above the 50. These are the things that are still in the portfolio. And of course, QQQ is still in the uptrend and still above its 50. And so is still in the portfolio. The Dow is the only index to be stopped out. Um, So one of my Armour Insiders says, anybody who owns Bitcoin knows there'll be regulation. Hey, man, that's true. We just don't know how it's going to affect price in the short term, right? Okay. Um, let me see if I can't give you another chart pattern here. Oh, wait a minute for that to work itself out. No, here it is. Okay. Uh, generally, what I let me just say this, Brian. 
generally what I would say about everybody who owns Bitcoin expects regulation is that once regulation gets started, it usually has a deleterious effect on price at the beginning, right? So in other words, a correction, and then it recovers. So it's not that Bitcoin's going to zero. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying expect corrections, do things to protect yourself so you don't give away all your hard-earned gains. That's all I'm saying, okay? Anyway, so you can see the Dow broke below its 50-day, and so it gets stopped out of its position. Now, let's touch on... Um, Let's touch on real quick. The swing portfolio and the invest portfolio are 75% cash right now. So the index only portfolio is only 14.3% cash. The other portfolios are 75% cash, 25% invested. I believe that's too heavy of a cash position if our index only portfolio doesn't get tripped out next week, right? So if the market holds up here and starts to move higher next week, so these are my thoughts for you on how we're going to behave next week. If the market holds, and it had a nasty sell-off at the close on Friday, but really that was just right back to the levels we expected, which was around 370 on the SPY, okay? It's 3,700 on the S&P. Came right down to it. Found support there. I'm looking at it this way. If the market gaps down Monday morning, I'm going to be looking to buy stocks because I think that will be the final flush and then there'll be a rip higher and the markets probably hold up. That's my guess. I don't know that. I'm not telling you what to do in the morning. Armor Insiders obviously will be sharing a live feed. I'll be sharing my chart screen at 930 for the first two hours of trading and I'll let you know what I'm thinking about how it's behaving and we'll be using the Armor algorithms to day trade. Okay, but I'm just saying Weakness Monday morning to test the lows of Friday that then recover would be bullish to me. And we'll look to add to our portfolio because I think 75% cash is too much. It's just that we hit a bunch of stops on the way down on these individual positions, raise stops to protect capital and book profits, which helped us create a little bit of alpha. We lost some money, but not nearly as much as the market went down, right? So we were, we were booking profits as things were coming in. So if the market holds, we're going to be adding our favorite names. Now, I'm going to share with you guys what that means. In a market where we have these dislocations that are going on at Robinhood and what the ripple effects are, we don't know. Professional money hides in the biggest, safest names. If you look at the chart patterns of some of these names, you can see what I'm talking about. Amazon's building a phen phenomenal base. It's just a pennant, okay? Tight base. Um, Microsoft, blowout earnings, coming out of a tight base right here, okay? Money is starting to funnel into the biggest names. Now, I mean, we sold Apple in front of earnings, okay? So we bought it here. It ran up. We sold it in front of earnings. It's come right back to where we bought it. That's a nice tight base. Okay, we'll probably buy that back. But just take a look at some of the biggest and the best names, beautiful cup and handle chart patterns that are just breaking out. So I've seen this before many times. When you get towards the end of a bull cycle, institutions and professionals flock to the biggest, most liquid names to protect their assets. You know, these guys can't take money out of the market. Some of them have mandates. They have to be 90% invested at all times. So they rotate 
around the market. And our job as individuals is to figure out where are they going and then get in early with where the institutional money is flowing, right? And so it's flowing to big cap tech and other big cap names where liquidity is there for safety purposes. If the market holds up Monday, we get a reversal, we test the lows it holds and it reverses, we're going to be adding these big names to the portfolio, all right? Netflix, one of my favorite after that earnings announcement, right? Right into its base. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Gap out, get, close the gap now, holding above support. That's idyllic, right? How about Disney? First test of the 50-day moving average after its you know, unbelievable gap up run because of blowout earnings. That could be interesting, okay? If the market gaps up Monday morning, no, I'm going to be more interested in putting out puts on the indexes because gap up Monday mornings generally I can't stand, but specifically in a downtrend. If the downtrend is started, you'll get gap ups Monday morning. And here's why we'll get it. Because over the weekend, nothing terrible happens. There's no new news that comes out. There's no Sunday night you know, implosion. And so the market gaps up in relief that there was no bad news. But then the sellers come back in and bang the market down because there's a rolling problem in the market that we're still, we still haven't learned what the, what the finale is yet, right? So Armor Insiders, that's how we're going to you know, really look to trade the morning. Depending on how the market starts, we'll get an idea of how we want to position our portfolios, Okay. Let me just wrap up with a cannabis thought, and then I'll get to your questions. I know I'm going late here. Um, the, the cannabis part of our portfolio, I want to look at some charts with you real quick. So welcome to the cannabis couch. Here's MSOS, okay? my favorite investment, U.S. cannabis stocks. There it is. Pulled right back to the 25-day moving average. On this weakness, we reduced our exposure. We still have a core holding. I'd like to increase that exposure probably, I don't know, four times. But generally, a three-bar reversal is a very negative thing in the world of technical analysis. I don't care if it's day trading or looking at a daily chart like this or a weekly chart. These three bars against um, are concerning to me. And so I need to see proof that the 25-day is going to hold. Otherwise, I'm looking at buying an asset on CA when this gap closes, okay? And so if we look at things like what's inside there, right? We already had um, Trulief peak out a, a couple of weeks earlier in a perfect reversal pattern, all right? But it's holding the 25-day. A green thumb. It had a great reversal, three-bar reversal to the 50-day, and then it popped up for a couple days, right? But my guess is, is the whole group going back to the 50, just like Green Thumb? I don't know. I need a new pattern to form. Right? Cure Relief on the 50. Fresco. All of these are three-bar reversals. So this is what I submit to you. And this is really tricky, and this is why I hate what's going on at Robinhood. Um, 
these individual U.S. MSOs are primarily owned by individual investors, not institutions. The same people that own GameStop and AMC and what have you own a lot of these cannabis stocks. As long as GameStop and AMC and what have you keep going higher, that's fine. But if something occurs at Robinhood that shuts this whole circus down and you get a collapse in GME and AMC, there are going to be a whole lot of people who are caught on margin, unfortunately, and are forced to sell their portfolio. How do we know this? Because we're at record high margin levels in the market right now. This is a major problem that concerns me. So if that happens, it may not. Look, these stocks, who knows? GME could go to a thousand. I don't know. But if that happens, the ripple effect will be indiscriminate selling in U.S. cannabis stocks, not because there's anything wrong with the business, but because margin calls are forcing people out of the rest of their portfolio. And so what we want to do at the Armour Report is be there with a basket to buy that weakness. And I think that the three-bar reversals that happened last week is the first shot across the bow telling you something's wrong. Now, the other side of that is we got Chuck Schumer and all these people talking about changing regulations, which is wildly bullish. But I don't honestly believe, and I don't know if you do, that the regulations are going to change next week or next month or by the end of the quarter. Politicians do this all the time, and it takes forever to get something done. So I don't think I'm going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, regulation changed. These stocks are up 50%. I, I missed it. I don't think so. And so we can get caught sometimes in the excitement of what we hope happens and not look at the chart. Three-bar reversals are a problem. So protecting capital here, seeing how this shakes out. If I have to pay more for them as they go up, I'll pay more for them. I don't care. I already made a lot of money. I'm going to step out, reduce exposure, make sure I got a basket in case this Robinhood thing unravels and there's forced liquidation in portfolios. And then I'll be buying these stocks cheap for no reason. They'll be down for no reason except for the fact that people are being blown out of positions. So that's what I'm doing with cannabis. I appreciate your indulgence today, allowing me to get all this off my chest. Let's open this up for Q&A. What do you got for me? Okay, um, AT&T, Mark, if you're still there, Mark, if you're still listening. <laughs> um, here's AT&T. I don't see personally anything wrong with AT&T, okay? It's a huge base with a nice fat dividend yield. You might not get any capital appreciation this year. You'll collect the dividend. You can write calls against it if you understand how to do that. Um, eventually, I think that they get their act together. They divest of assets people hate. You know, HBO Max starts to perform. This stock breaks above the 200-day. And, you know, you're, you're having your cake and eating it too. So, you know, I'm not telling you what stocks to buy or not to buy. I'm just telling you this is in my portfolio. I like it. 
Alexander, hey, Brett, any thoughts on GLD, DGX, and the silver squeeze? GILD. Well, honestly, honestly, um, Alexander, I, I like GILD um, from the standpoint of all of the expectation of remdesivir is out of the stock now. And you can go back to valuing this company based on its merits and its real asset base. And I think there's a lot of great things going on inside this company. So I don't know. I mean, um, I don't own it. I don't own it. I know it pays a nice dividend, you know, but I don't see anything wrong with it. Now you said DGX. You mean GDX? Did you mean gold? Or did you literally mean Quest Diagnostic? I mean, if you look at Quest Diagnostic, that's a really good-looking pattern. So maybe you meant Quest Diagnostic. I mean, that's actually a really good-looking pattern. I'm going to have to do some work on Quest Diagnostic. Look at that chart. I'm going to write this down. DGX. And I wonder if that's what you were asking me about. If you're asking me about um, GDX, I don't see any reason to own the mining stocks yet. You know, and I don't mind if I'm a day late. I'd rather buy them as they break out back back above the moving averages. My favorite idea here is SILJ. I don't own it yet, but this is a small cap silver place. But what, what's making me uncomfortable about buying the silver stocks or silver in general or hoping for a silver squeeze is that um, this feels like a Ponzi scheme to me. If you're the first guy in, you'd make a billion dollars. That's great. If you were early and you bought GME because you were on a Wall Street Bets board and you saw this and you're early and you bought AMC, that's great. But to think that they'll be able to just roll the silver and do it to silver and so you go buy silver, I mean, we've been waiting for a short squeeze in silver forever. Um, is this the thing that sinks Wall Street Bets if they try to get silver to be squeezed? I don't know. But it certainly sunk the Hunt brothers. So you have to understand, the ability to squeeze a stock that's short is easier than squeezing a metal. Because if if you think that the game is rigged against you in the equity market, you better believe it's rigged against you in the commodity market. And what they did to the Hunt brothers when they tried to squeeze silver back in the 1980s is that Comex just up and decided... You can't use margin anymore. Everything has to be bought on cash. So at the time, the Hunt brothers were wildly on margin, and they could not put up the cash, and the whole thing imploded as they were forced to sell. So the CME is notorious. I mean, Comex, I mean, look, commodities have been rigged against the individual for decades. So I would not advise the Wall Street bets to go out there and try to squeeze silver, you know? Now, having said all that, if you look at the chart of SILJ, that's a tasty looking chart. And I can't guarantee that we won't own this tomorrow, um, Monday, in Armour portfolios. We might, we might. We love the story, we, we love silver, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's a labor of love for us, you know? Um, but if this is a blip higher on anticipation of a short squeeze, <coughs> excuse me, gold's not even participating. 
<coughs> I just don't have a lot of interest in buying silver just because there might be a squeeze. If you want to own silver stocks for, for other reasons, I think go ahead and make that an allocation, but hoping that it gets squeezed when we already see that Robinhood is in trouble. And by the way, other discount brokerage firms shut down also, wouldn't let people trade in certain assets. So it's not, it's like there's a ripple effect to all of this. So anyway, those are my thoughts there. Um, Andrew Coe. Yeah, that's right, brother. We got alpha by not losing money. That's right. Well, cash is an allocation sometimes, protecting assets. Okay, Brett, get in on the silver squeeze. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I might. I might. I might get in on the silver squeeze. I, I just, I don't know yet. All right. So um, Armor Insiders, you know, will be talking about this Monday morning. We're going to watch silver. We're going to watch the silver stocks and we might put an allocation on. In fact, just to share with you guys what we were doing on the desk on Friday, I, I, we were looking at SILJ to add to Armor portfolios. But when we use, um, here's what we do as on our trading desk for the first two hours every morning. We use this algorithm here, which is a, this is a day trading chart. Every bar is three minutes. Blue bars are up bars, magenta bars, down bars. And it's all based around the black dots, which is the volume weighted average price. Okay. And so what I said here on the gap up was after it had this initial run like this, I said, look, what we're going to do is if we break back above VWAP, we're going to get long the asset. Okay. And it never got back above VWAP. So we never got long the asset and it just traded lower all day. So what's going to happen Monday morning. And again, I'll be sharing this screen with armor insiders for the first two hours of trading. If we gap above prior day VWAP and then go above top day VWAP, we'll put a trade on with a stop as the low of the opening range. And we'll see if we get paid. And if we get paid all day, then we'll stay in the position. But we're going to be using tight stops, guys, on assets like this. It's either going to work or it isn't. And we're going to need to be stopped. And because of the extreme volatility, we reduce position size. Okay? Manage risk. I try to put everybody on the right side of probability and statistics over and over again using algorithms. And we do it when reward's worth the risk. When volatility spikes, the reward-risk equation changes in favor of risk. And so if we're going to keep playing, we have to reduce our position size. Okay? Please. All right. Um, they're bringing attention to the fraud that is current in hope of getting it corrected. I hope they get it corrected, brother. The silver fraud, it's been going on forever. It would be great if they could get it corrected. JMIA. All right, Jason. Let's go look at JMIA. All right, so a couple of thoughts. Um, this is the fourth standard deviation line above the 200-day moving average. What I like to do is try to buy stocks, like down here was the time to buy JMIA, right? As it gets closer to the top of its moving, it, I, I, I need to buy pullbacks. So this chart pattern doesn't look very compelling to me, okay? The relative strength is holding up. You're absolutely right. These are a bunch of um, terrible-looking um, kind of doji stones. So I don't know what's going on here. I wish you the best of luck. Make sure you're using the right stops. 
Etsy. Okay, so Festeroso, um, we made money in Etsy this year. We booked our profit in Etsy. We had this big inside-out reversal bar on the ridiculous Elon Musk, um, you know, uh, tweet. And um, I'm out of the stock right now. It's holding up great. It's holding up above the 25-day moving average. I'd love to own it. I just don't own it right now. It's at the top of my whiteboard. It's always at the top shelf of my whiteboard. That and I like Chewy. Same type of chart pattern. I like Chegg. These are disruptive growth stocks. That, that actually had a great close on Friday. Wow. Chegg, Chegg is a really compelling pattern to me. You know, oops. Chegg is a compelling pattern to me because what you've got is um, clearly the rectangle formation, the breakout, and the pullback right on top of it. These are disruptive growth stocks, and they tend to follow this, in, this ETF, which is the IBD 50. So if this holds here and reverses, I can own some of those names again. Vesteroso, I, as I've been saying this, you know, I really believe money is funneling into big cap tech stocks and big cap in general with a lot of liquidity. And I, I know it seems like Etsy, Chewy, Chegg have a lot of liquidity, but not nearly like owning Apple, right? Like the spreads are different, everything. And so for my money right now, I'm valuing safety over potential upside. And so I want an asset that can go up if the market keeps going up, but I want an asset that I can, I can have liquidity in if, if things go awry. And so I find myself loading up the top of my whiteboard with big cap stocks with lots of liquidity and putting at the bottom of my whiteboard disruptive growth stocks at the moment. We had a huge year in disruptive growth last year. I'm not saying I'm not going to own it, but for now, it makes me uncomfortable. Great call last week on the VIX. Hey, thanks for that. Appreciate it. It was part of how we added alpha this week. How many stocks can have restrictive trades on them? Tens, hundreds, tens. Um, however many However many stocks that Robinhood needs to restrict in order to get themselves back in compliance, that, that's what's going to happen there. And it's a fluid situation. I don't really know how it's going to end up. But bull market runs end with something coming out of left field that nobody expected. Last year, it was a pandemic, right? 2008, you know, it was credit default swaps. Is it Robin Hood's implosion this year? I don't know. Maybe they'll write the ship. Maybe the Fed will come in and support it. I hope they do. But I'm managing my own personal capital, and I need to protect capital. I need to protect my profits. There are times to be out there with a lot of risk and times to be protecting. Last year, late March, I came on this show. I told everybody, look, market's down 40%. We've got tons of cash. We're getting a risk on buy signal from the armor algos. Now's the time to put on risk. So now we're at the opposite spectrum. Market's gone through the roof. We have insane speculation. We have madness of crowds. Do we stop participating? I mean, you could. I mean, the gains were so large last year. You could walk away right now, take a break. But... We don't do that. We keep participating. We rotate capital. I'm just saying we lean towards protecting the capital. And let me tell you something, guys. 
possible this is just the first shot across the bow and the whole market will rip to new highs in February. That's exactly what happened in the year 2000. There was an event kind of like this. Markets sold off for a week, maybe a week or two. Turned around, skyrocketed. Everybody thought it was okay. And then, like, I think it was March 21st, there was that infamous day where every stock in my portfolio dropped 10% in an hour with no bids. It's disturbing when that happens, I'm telling you. And so, you, you know, my guess is the market's going to go higher because I think usually these type of things don't end overnight. There's, there's a shot across the bow that shakes the, you know, the, the, the vessel, but it stays intact and it goes higher again. And then there's another shot that sinks it. I don't know what that other shot will be. So I'm not out of the market. I'm not suggesting that. We're, if the market holds up early next week, I'm going to be adding stocks to the portfolio. But I'm going to add things with liquidity where I feel I have the ability to protect my capital if things go awry. Um, Hey, Jay, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. Thanks for that comment. I do. I mean, we all have an axe to grind, right? Uh, just as long as we all know what it is. GME, how long do you think it'll take, this is from before fun times, um, for this to sell off? I bought Feb 26 puts. <laughs> See? Uh, that's, Brian B., that's, that's pretty gutsy of you. And I, and I love where your head is. I don't know when it's going to end, boy, but when it does, it's going to be interesting. And it'll end, it'll just end overnight. I mean, it'll just be that the shorts finally have covered and there'll be no bids. Leave nothing to what you hear, half of what you see, verify. I'm passing this bit of wisdom on to my youthful Robinhood trading kids. Please do so, Mike. Please do so. Absolutely. My dad taught me that maybe when I was eight and I, <laughs> I've never forgot. He drilled it into my head. Um, Green Ghost, I, I bought calls on SLV and age. Been talking about it heavily in the past couple of days. Green Ghost, I hope it w works out. I really hope it works out. We all know silver is definitely manipulated and definitely way too much short than makes any sense. So hopefully it's up huge on Monday and, and hopefully I start getting involved with you. Um, I just couldn't pull the trigger on Friday. You should do an unbiased news channel. It's needed so badly. So much biased misinformation, grinding act. So true. Um, is to it. I appreciate you saying that. And you know what? I've thought about that in the past. I've thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to just have a news channel that just tells it like it is? Like, this is what's happening. I don't have an axe to grind. You know, let's go to commercial, I guess. I mean, I don't, I mean the, the reason you don't have any of those networks is because it's pretty boring. There's not salacious. And um, there's not a lot to talk about. You know, here, here there would be my morning update every morning for the stock market. Hey, everybody, the Fed keeps buying every asset in sight. The market's probably going up. You know, now over to you, Jack, for the weather. I mean, you know, the rest is just noise. You know, <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't see Robinhood IPO going public. Yeah, I don't see that either. Greed on whose part? 
Um, 50 ghosts traded. Greed on whose part? I hope I, I think I've already answered that question. You're right, Brett. Greed is having an effect on the market as a whole. Tulip mania. Great. You've read about that, Jay? Um, AGQ looks great. Let's catch it the second time. Maybe. Let's take a look at AGQ together. And you're right, uh, Brian, we caught it last year. You know, we caught, we were getting long right in here for the short squeeze that unfolded. I don't know. Maybe we'll play it on Monday. We'll see how it opens and if we get a good day trading entry point, and then we can stick with it the rest of the day. Let's see. See, it opened higher and just traded lower all day and traded well below its, its VWAP. Um. I think we can all agree that GMA situation is a disaster waiting to happen. Silver squeeze is a completely different animal. I, I do agree. I do agree. Okay. I'm with you guys on that. Yeah. Grogen fell a little bit this week. GRWG. Oops, GRWG. Maybe we'll get our shot in the grow gem when we when we want. And look, I'm going to share um, some thoughts with you guys just so you're aware of what's going on when it starts trading. There's a stock that's going to start trading probably next week. They were supposed to start this week, and when everything imploded, they they didn't bring it to the market. So they're uplisting a pink sheet stock called UGRO, U-G-R-O, Urban Growth, to the NASDAQ. It started out as a $20 million deal. It's turned into a $45 million deal. It's wildly oversubscribed. It was supposed to come at 4 to $7. It's coming at $10, the last we heard. So um, it's a new cannabis company that helps companies like Cureleaf, Cresco, Organogram build out their indoor grow. It's like an engineering company that helps them create these indoor grow facilities. It's wildly oversubscribed. <clears throat> now, I don't know if this market's going to implode and stop them from uplisting, but they're going to uplist at some point. And we're going to want to keep our eye on this asset because it may be something we want to trade. So just remember that. Do not buy it. Don't even try to buy it on the, on the pink sheets. I don't even know if you can. I think it's halted right now, but it's trading at the wrong levels. It's going to come public at, at a lower level. It's going to uplist at a lower level. Anyway, just keep your eye on it. It'll be interesting. We're going to read about it in the paper. We're going to see it on TV. Um, and and I'm, I'm considering, I've been approached to be part of the, the, the deal, right? So, you know, get some deal stock. And I'm still considering whether or not I'm going to do that. Okay. Um, friends in India, some told me that they are afraid from the police and don't buy Bitcoin because it's illegal. 
Let's take a look at the Bitcoin stocks just for a minute to see if they're telling us anything that we need to know. Here's MicroStrategy. So it's five, four standard deviations above the 200-day. It keeps rotting that line. And it had a pretty nasty reversal day on Friday. Okay. Riot, same type of reversal day. It's a blue bar, but closing at the bottom of the bar, right? Which is not healthy. And I guess M-A-R-A, those are the top names in the space. They all tried to take off and then, you know, the market imploded. So what that looks like to me is these type of stocks are also, just like the cannabis stocks, all owned by the same type of guys who are owning GME and, and, and AMC and all that stuff. So if we get an implosion there, I'm not saying we will. These stocks go up a lot. But I'm just saying if we do and there's forced liquidation because of overextension on margin, all these stocks are going to get sold. That's the ripple effect that you have to be aware of. Um, net sky limit, bought spy calls. Okay. We'll gap up a bit as usual. Fake bounce. All right, maybe. Net sky limit. Push some on Gilead, man. Please take a look. Earnings on four and price compared to I'm going to take a look. Okay, Net, Net, Net Sky, I'll do it. We're going to look at GILD. Net Sky, are you? I feel like you're, a, you're an Armour Insider. Are you? I think you are. So we'll talk about it. Remind me in the, in the room tomorrow. Um, on Monday, I mean. I'm just trying to rip through here. Thoughts on silver with Robinhood scenario. Okay, we're already going over that. You should get some Gilead. Okay, I heard you. Oh, Alexander. Okay, great. Quest Diagnostic. I love it. GME is nearly bankrupt company in a dying industry. Silver is historically undervalued. All right, guys, I'm with you. Thoughts on CGC? CGC looks delicious. You know, and this is the one stock we haven't sold a share of. It's our, core, it's our core holding when it comes to the cannabis stocks. It's a core holding. We got long the asset right in here, just to be clear, full, full disclosure. I'm not buying anything up here, all right? I don't buy things near four, the four standard deviation line. I don't buy them, right? I buy them down when they're far away from the four standard deviation line. And we were buying leaps down here. You know, deep in the money leaps go out to 2022, and they're making us an absolute fortune. So... I love everything they're doing at, at Canopy Growth, okay? And I think it's one of the best ways to play U.S. and Canada, obviously Canada, but also U.S. cannabis. Um, Melvin's biggest long is FISV. Well, he'll have to sell that, right? Because he's going to get margin calls. Apple, what's my entry price on Apple? I don't know. Uh, if you're in the, the Slack room with us on Monday, we'll go over it. Okay, Mark? We'll go over it Monday morning. We have to see where it's trading. If we look at um, the Armour Algo here, it traded below its VWAP all day. 
closed below it right here. This is the three minute chart. So what I like to look for is a gap up above prior days VWAP, a test of the VWAP, okay, that holds and a close, a three minute close above top day VWAP. If I get that, I get long. Let's see if I can find an example for you on Apple. I don't, I don't think I can, I can, I don't see an example in here. Oh, here's an example. This is an example of, of how I would buy Apple. Okay. So here, this day it was down and it closed right at the VWAP. Okay. Which is pretty much where Friday is. We're kind of right at the VWAP, a little below, a little above, no big deal. The next morning it gaps up. So now it's above prior day's VWAP. And what I would look to do, what I do on the day trading desk is we would, we would be buying the second bar of the day here. So it's above prior day VWAP and it's above top day VWAP. So we would be literally buying this bar here. You can see it right here. Okay. That would have been the bar we bought that day, which is, you know, and then of course it rips higher all day. So what I'm looking for uh, uh, on Monday, we closed relatively at, I mean, it was down in the last three minutes. So literally it was at VWAP and it collapsed in the last three minutes. That, that's a bullshit trade. Don't worry about that. So if it goes back above this VWAP and then goes above top day VWAP, I would get long Apple. That's probably how I'll be looking to trade that. Um, Yeah, well, Slack is up a lot because it's being taken over by CRM. So that, that, doesn't, that chart doesn't mean anything to us. Now, you compare the float on GME. Isn't the float too big for AMC to run like GME? Shorts have an advantage in that regard. Many more shares available. Good point, Sean. Good point. That's a good point. Full transparency. I hold 1,035 shares AMC at 14. Good for you. And I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, you know, there's a lot more shares out. You're holding it. You, you paid 14 for it for AMC. Just covered some 230 million shares aren't available to be traded. Just concern. Okay. But a short seller can still borrow them to short. Massive advantage. All right, ID Doc, should we, I think, lean for heavy shorted stocks and participate in squeezes? I don't participate in short squeeze. I don't, I don't just buy stocks because they might get squeezed. You like my honesty. Good. I'm, I'm all for it. Eras, love the leaks. Great. No, I just... Love man as a friend. All right, um, Brad, always appreciate your insights, Brett. Thank you. I appreciate your comment, Brad. Thank you. You're a bit negligent without Bitcoin in your portfolio. I don't, I am a bit negligent. There's no doubt. I should have some Bitcoin. You're right. Those of us little, will be on the top 1% of Bitcoin holders.
Okay, Raymond, I'll do that. FISV. I'll do some research on that. Maybe that's the entry point. That's a good idea, actually. FISV. When this is all over, we might be able to pick it up cheap. I'll do some research on that, Ray. Okay. That's not a bad idea. That's a good thought. Faded trader. Um, we appreciate Looking to add MSOS. I missed adding. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, MSOS, we'll end on that note. You know, that's the way I'm going to. I continue to think the best way to play this is to own MSOS and I think YOLO. You know, there are some specific cannabis stocks I want to own, but let me, let me finish on this note because we've gone way past an hour. I'm just going to finish on this note. I, from a cannabis standpoint, I think owning MSOS and YOLO is a safer way to put money to work until we really see what the legislation is. Because we don't know if legislation is going to hit that has a negative impact on company A and a positive impact on company B. And we don't want to be the guys holding company A. So I'm really more interested in owning the ETFs for my cannabis exposure right now. And then just a couple of names like Canopy Growth, for instance, I want to own, you know, and there might be a name or two in there that I want to own, but that's how I'm going to focus. Guys, I really appreciate your time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. It really helps me order my own thinking. So you're helping me out in, in ways that you can't even imagine. Armor Insiders, I look forward to seeing you guys bright and early Monday morning for our morning call, getting ourselves ready for what should be a very eventful day. You guys have a great weekend. Take care, everybody. Thank you.